I wanted to open my Easter sermon this morning by looking at our Easter window at Church of Our Savior. I have had very few occasions to actually sit and meditate on it. Some of you may have had more time to do it because it is close to the back in the nave. But it's worth our reflection this morning because it is a scene taken right out of our Easter Gospel from John. Jesus is there before Mary Magdalene, who clearly is in a moment of recognition. She sees him for who he is. And the window is rich with ancient symbolism. Jesus bears the marks of the crucifixion, but is clearly alive. He is carrying the standard of what became Christ's symbol, the red cross on the white background. Some of you may recognize this. In the English tradition, it's known as St. George's Cross. Maybe that's a nod to our heritage here at Church of Our Savior. But the story of St. George goes back much further than contemporary England, all the way back beyond the medieval period as well. It's the medieval period that tells us about St. George and the dragon, but the earliest legend of George goes back probably to the fourth century. George was a soldier in the Roman army and a Christian. And when the emperor Diocletian insisted that all of the empire turn back to its older pagan ways, George resisted. Diocletian tempted him over and over again to turn aside from his Christian faith. George refused. And that image of the cross became the standard then for witness, martyrdom, and faith. This is the image of what our ancient spiritual ancestors called the Christus Victor. This is not Jesus of the accounting house offering himself to satisfy a debt to God. This is Christ who has defeated death and in the Eastern tradition even emptied hell. And we see some of the other beautiful images of Easter here. We see the calla lilies, so fitting for this time of year as they bloom even right outside the parish building this morning. And the pomegranate, right down there in the left corner. Can you see it? The pomegranate is a very old symbol of fruitfulness in the Jewish tradition for Christians, it became a symbol of the resurrection. The hard outer shell was the harshness of the crucifixion, but inside is the delicious fruit of eternal and everlasting life. And if any of you know your Greek mythology, you know the pomegranate figures very prominently in Greek mythology as well. It is 
a symbol of new life, even everlasting life. The story we heard today from John's Gospel picks up a thread that began John's narrative all the way back at Christmas time. And it's no accident that we revisited that same greeting this morning at morning prayer. You remember how it starts. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning. John is telling us that something about the gospel is reimagining or reinterpreting or gathering up the ancient tradition of Torah and telling us anew the old story we thought we knew. It's that recapitulation, if you like, of Genesis. A re-energized story told around the image of the Christ. The first story then that John tells of the resurrection today goes back to that same source. Think about it for a moment. Where are we? In the garden. What are we talking about? New life. And just like in the Garden of Eden, there is a dialogue between the divine and the human, even a dialogue, you might say, between Adam and Eve. But this story ends differently. In the old story of Genesis, we hear about Adam and Eve eating of the forbidden fruit, discovering that they are naked, hiding in shame from God, and ultimately being exiled from the garden. In John's retelling, and in the retelling of Easter, we see Mary embodying humanity, meeting the divine in the risen Christ, and suddenly realizing that she has met her savior, her teacher, the one who gives her her North Star, her moral compass, her life. And she attempts to grasp him, but he tells her no. This time there will be no exile from the garden, but instead she is to be sent forth to proclaim the good news, which is why the East holds her as apostle to the apostles. Peter and another apostle, you remember, have already been to the empty tomb and they aren't sure what it means, but Mary now understands. This is about a new creation, a new life, a life as the ancient ones would have it.
that defeats all death. And if it defeats all death, then it defeats all fear. And all the powers of this world now pale by comparison with the power of the divine. Mary also knows something else, that this divine power does not come with armies. It doesn't come at the tip of a spear or the edge of a sword. It doesn't come through great wealth. It doesn't even come through the glories of technology. It comes through something as ancient as the tradition itself and as critically important to every human life and the whole of the human family from since time itself was recorded. What drives the divine defeat of death is love itself. This is the good news for us. In the ancient language of our spiritual ancestors, in the Greek tradition, going back to at least the sixth century, we have the words of Easter captured so beautifully. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and on those in the tombs, bestowing life. My sisters and brothers in Christ, do you remember last Easter? I remember it well. We had just gone into the shelter in place we weren't sure what the future held for the church, let alone the whole world, looking down into the darkness of pandemic, uncertain where we would end up as a consequence of a strange new illness and its terrifying impact on the whole world. One of our families brought some calla lilies to the rectory we hastily put them together in an arrangement. They sat behind me as I sat at my desk there and we cobbled together an Easter service. We've gotten better at this, haven't we? But this year, this Easter is different because instead of looking down into the darkness of a pandemic we have yet to understand, we are now looking up to the light as the whole of the human family begins to rise this Easter tide. We are perhaps only weeks away from reopening here at Church of Our Savior in a renewed facility, shored up for the next generation, renovated for this generation, ready to serve. And how have we served? so many ways, too many ways to count over the past 12 months. 
thousands of hungry people fed. Our brothers and sisters, both inside and outside the parish, having been supported by the generosity of all of you. The gracious hand of Christ at work. And not just Christ, but the risen Christ. The first fruits, we are told by Paul. The one who Peter reminds us today after he is told of this marvelous story by Mary Magdalene. After we will hear later in Eastertide, he meets the risen Christ for himself and is called to serve others. This Peter who reminds us from the ancient tradition that the Easter story is not as singular and miraculous as we might think at first, this is not the story of 2,000 years ago. This is the universal story of the Easter life, of the divine life that is constantly rising to new life all over. We see it in the spring around us this day. We see it in the hopes of tomorrow and next week and the week after that. We see that as we move from the darkness of grief into the light of eternal hope, we recognize that even those we thought we had lost are nearby, living in us. And here is our challenge as an Easter people in the great 50 days that we mark starting today. That is to see that Easter life in our own hearts. To center our lives, not on what is dying, but what is rising to new life. Christ in us, Christ all around us, Christ behind us, Christ before us, Christ beneath us, Christ over us, Christ victorious over death, drawing all of the human family and even all the universe heavenward. risen indeed. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website 
at OurSaviorMelValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. He burst the bars of death. He burst the bars of death. He burst the bars of death.